Thank you for joining us on a Morley podcast with Tony May. Morley podcast is purpose built for America. Through our military veterans and military supporters, we show that the values and qualities that built this country, such as service, sacrifice, respect, and faith, are not dead. And Morley podcast builds community so individuals can improve their communities. Welcome to this week's Amorley podcast with Tony Main. We've got a repeat offender today, uh, former Army Lieutenant Colonel J.C. Glick with us. And we'll get to J.C. in just one moment. But we want to start out with some events that are upcoming in the Ranger for Life community. As we've mentioned, our first, our inaugural Amorley transition course is currently um, ongoing. We just passed that halfway mark and we're on the downside for our first cohort of students. And we're getting some great feedback, especially when it comes with the experience that they're having versus what's available with the Department of Defense TAPS program. So we are excited to add value to our Rangers through a, a morally transition course. Registration is open for the three remaining courses this year on our website, rangerforlife.com. LifeX Networking is coming your way in April. Now, these events follow the completion of our Morley Transition course. This provides an opportunity for our Rangers to meet with industry. So, whether you're a Ranger in transition, a ranger who's already left the military looking for a career change or an industry partner looking to find how you can gain ranger talent, LifeX Networking is it. There is no other organization that runs a networking event specifically for members of a single organization to maximize time in finding talent. And we encourage you all to register at rangerforlife.com networking. And finally, coming up September 30th, the day before Mogadishu Mile 5K here in Columbus, Georgia, will be our 2022 Ranger Reveal featuring Atlanta Braves Hall of Famer, two-time National League MVP, Dale Murphy. Dale is known for his ability to engage a crowd, especially when he talks about culture. And we can't wait to have Dale Come down here to Columbus, Georgia, the home of the Rangers, and take a swing at our crowd. And now we'll bring you to my guest, J.C. Glick. J.C. is a noted leadership consultant. He's an author. um, And more importantly, he's a friend. And so J.C. is a master trainer of a morally transition course, and he has helped evolve Uh, this organization into something special. So we're going to take some time today learning from JC kind of how he got into the leadership game, JC. Thank you for taking the time to join with us today. Yeah. Hey, thank you for having me. And I'm I'm sorry I'm having some technical difficulty with my Chrome apparently. So I apologize for that. But uh, that no 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 problem at all. No problem at all. We got it started on time. Um, and uh, what is that called? Bated breath. <laughs> and now you're here, brother. So thanks for making the time. So what are you up to in New York right now? What's going on? What's occupying time in your life right now? 
Uh, you know, I am so excited because I'm working with uh, with Moth and Flame, which is a virtual reality uh, learning company that really has kind of developed this idea of immersive experiential learning, which I'm a big experiential learning fan. Being able to do it in the metaverse uh, allows for kind of a fourth dimension where time and space and don't don't really matter and you can be and you can be taught in a conversational way with the world's leading most experts in things right so um i initially started with just uh, suicide prevention and sexual assault prevention uh training for the air force um i'm still working on that but uh have expanded and now really looking at, at all the learnings that they're doing language training next where we're teaching folks how to speak French, uh, you know, an immersive, an immersive language experience costs hundreds of thousands of dollars for companies. I can give you, I, I can give you a headset and you can do an immersive, you can, I can put you in Africa and you can speak French, uh, and get around, you know, or not get around in the, in the headset and it's photorealistic. So it's really cool. So I've been working on that, um, working on a couple of books, and uh, doing some uh, consulting for leadership right now. It's it's kind of uh, it's lacrosse season, so working with some lacrosse teams. Um, get ready to go to uh, Columbus, Ohio, to the National Veterans Museum uh, for their um, uh, opening of their their exhibit, their new twenty year war exhibit. So um, just lots going on, and and so excited. Uh, Started working with uh, Joel Carpenter from First Ranger Battalion on um, starting a Ranger Essential Coffee Company, um, and pretty excited about that. So just trying to not saying no to anything, just just going forward and trying to do good. Uh, right now, something that that you and the folks that listen to you might be interested in. Um, I'm gathering equipment. Um, former military equipment, and 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 I've got some donations where we're actually going out and buying some new equipment to send over. We have a connection that's sending private planes over to the Ukraine for military gear. Um, and so uh, this was kind of my wife's uh, brainchild. She said we need to do this. So um, we've got guys like Dan Blakely who's bringing like two duffel bags filled with old kit. I got rid of a whole bunch of old kit. Um, just bought about $10,000 worth of body armor, boots, and Mystery Ranch backpacks to send over uh, next week So for the Ukraine fight. So uh, I'm excited to be helping out with that. So from that first question, I don't know where to start. Like so, so, so many things. I love where you talked about the virtual reality and immersion. Um, I'm trying to teach my son finances and the importance of finances. Not that it's the end all be all, but the freedom that financial literacy can provide. And the biggest takeaway in the slide of Rich Dad, Poor Dad from his 2016 presentation was that we learn best through doing, through yep. immersion. Yeah, It's like a 90% transfer rate and reading, which broke my heart. I should know these things, but I'm not a doctor, so I can I, I can. 10%. Yeah. 90% immersion. So that that space there's a reason that there there's a reason that big data and the ability to pull these together are such a such a uh, thing. Ukraine, you let us know. 
let us know what we can do here at Ranger for Life and throughout our network to put out that word where we can send. And, and we will we will start that yesterday. That's um, more than happy to help. There, there are wives or spouses across the United States of America who will seize this as an opportunity. <laughs> no doubt. Um, I, I, I know a household six member uh, here in Columbus, Georgia would be happy. But the crux and the reason you're here, JC, so much to talk about. Gosh, darn it, man. So you, what you just kind of laid down is where a lot of people want to be. Yeah. Right? You, you say not say no, but you have the choice. Yeah. So what you've done with your career has provided flexibility. You have the stability to do it. And there are some probably some wide-eyed rangers looking like, okay, so, so how did he get yeah. there? Okay, so I don't want to dive back into your military career start day one. You did make some choices and how command slates worked out, uh, AWG staying there. I want to go back then from somebody who now has the flexibility to really allow leadership to be their stability in terms of, of income um, and purpose and all the things that, I mean, just you'd be a passionate person. Did you think you were going to do this when you first got out? No. Nope. In some shape or form, what were you looking at when you were getting out in terms of the workforce? So, so once I decided to get out, I, I decided at, at two years, it was 24 months before my separation. And I talked to a guy named Forrest Lincolns, who's a, who's a great man. And I said, okay, I have no idea what I'm going to do out in the civilian world. Like none. Like I, I think um, I, I understand targeting. So I guess that would be like marketing. Right. So like, cause I don't, I just don't know. I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. And, you know, through him just asking really good questions, we came to this kind of leadership consulting piece. And by the time I, and, and it took, you know, I was offered a partnership on, on upon transition, but that was like a, that was a year long kind of, you know, uh, dating process. Right. So they're, they're interviewing you, you're going to dinner with other partners, you're, and you don't really know it's like kind of a courting relationship, but that's exactly what it is. You figure you're just talking um, until, you know, it was, I, I, I think I actually said, I said, well, hey, I'm like three weeks out from, from get out. I'm, I'm going to go find something to do. And they're like, oh, well, we'd like to offer you a partnership. I was like, okay. And that was great, right? It was terrific. But, it, but I didn't really understand what I signed up for. So it was, I, I did it with a, with a pretty well-established uh, consulting firm that was out of, um, it was kind of globally based, uh, but mostly the folks came out of McKinsey and they were super smart and, and very, very talented with great clients. Um, but you look, my transition was far from beautiful. I mean, when you can look at, you can say like, well, I didn't, I didn't suffer for, for, for resources, but I didn't know what I didn't know. So I get smacked into making a pretty decent living right away with people that were very nice, but, but not, it wasn't a fit for me. And I didn't know that. So after 18 months, I'm really unhappy. Um, I had absolutely no idea about the tax burden that I was about to assume. 
um, which, you know, when the, the, the bad thing about making more money than you thought you'd, you would make is you also pay more taxes than you knew anybody paid and nobody tells and nobody tells you that the, the irs will tell you though yeah well that, april 15th they'll send you a nice little letter giving you roughly what what is it 30 days 30 days 30 <laughs> days so so that that was you know so all of a sudden i get slammed with all this stuff like 18 months and you you think you're like okay well i, I got it Right. And then 18 months later, you're like, oh, I don't have this. This is not like I didn't understand this. I didn't understand. So now I'm I'm kind of catching back up. And I thought I was really well prepared. But I look at like what you do with a more elite transition. You're talking about, you know, financial literacy. You're talking about, you know, um, getting in with the right, you know, your your people. Right. Kenning was was very good people. They just weren't my people. Um, and I, and I don't think they felt I was their people. I think I, I, you know, there was one partner who, who I certainly got on with, but, um, I liked them all, but I don't think they were as comfortable with me as I was as uncomfortable with them. Right. So it was just this. So then finding, you know, that like the partner that I work with now, uh, Jim Stagnita and, and, and really kind of starting over going from having a whole bunch of really high level clients to, okay, I'm. I'm going to talk at some high schools and I'm going to talk at, at, you know, some other things and then just, you know, being able to kind of build back up. Um, but, you know, I think you and I have talked We, you know, the idea, I think when you transition is, well, I'm going to go from doing this and then I'm going to go be a civilian and I'll smack into it. And I've got a job and my family's good. It took me six years to fully transition to a place where right now, like I'm happier than I've ever been. And I don't take it for granted because I know all the work that's happened. Right. It was, I was talking to uh, one of our Rangers in, in, in the, in the program, uh, in the three Rangers uh, foundation program. And he's like, look, whatever I do, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go jump into anything, but I'm going to balance with family. And I'm like, yeah, maybe if you're talking to me, like you're going to jump in and, and do whatever you're going to do for work. I promise you, you'll attack it just like you did as a ranger and you will not balance it with family. So if you're going to balance with family, make sure you stick with that because I didn't, I jumped in with the same gusto that I had done in the military and was traveling all the time and gone. And I didn't balance family at all. In fact, I was probably gone more. The difference mm -hmm. was, you know, um, life was better at home as far as resources, but it didn't have me. Um, and, uh, and, and then all the other things that I don't think we're prepared to deal with, um, when we transition the loss of the loss of tribe, maybe a feeling that it, there's less of a purpose and, and there isn't, you just have to find the things first, you find your tribe and then you find the things that help make you feel purpose and you can do all those things. And I don't think they're any more or less important than serving your nation. And, and doing so at the, at the tip of the spear. But you do have to find those opportunities. Like um, the good thing about, um, I think about the, the morally transition courses, um, you have a population that, that will go seek those things out. But I worry sometimes that veterans expect things to just happen. And they're not going to. 
and I, I'm gonna I'll be a hundred percent honest. Even at this point in my in my life, after six years in the civilian world of doing some some pretty cool stuff. If I put a resume into one of those like monster or indeed or something. Yeah. I'm going to get turned down 100% of the time. So, so the, the, the discipline of, of making connections and, and, and building relationships with people in the civilian world, they call it networking. I just think that's an ugly word, but the, the importance of building relationships and getting people to know you and telling people like, Hey, I think I could help with this and being able to speak in their terms on, on how you do that. It's so important, but it took me, it, it did. It took me easily six years to figure out, it took me five years to figure out, to, to know what I, to know what I didn't know. And it took me another year to get some of that education. And now I'm starting to feel the benefits of that. But if you look from the outside, everybody would thought like, Oh, Glick's doing great. That was a, that every single time was a struggle. It was an uphill battle. And, you know, just like Instagram only shows our good side, you know, it's not like we're showing our, 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 our struggle to everybody. We're just, we're, we're making it happen. So here, here's my question for you. So you are still in the consulting field. So you got that right. Right. And, and knowing your Myers-Briggs type indicator and other things, you know, that that's the field for you. You, you know, you're a teacher. It's, it's where you feel, um, feel comfortable and it, it sounded like you just had to learn the audience almost that you that you wanted to engage so you kind of you nailed the 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 industry per se i think that's how you would look at it it was just maybe the the product and who you engaged with to produce it for for the client was was an issue yeah and 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 there's this balance of being true to who you are and building business. And that, that took me a very long time to figure out because I think I overemphasized on being true to who I was and, and let ego take over as opposed to, look, if this is what people need, this is what I need to do to help them. And I'm still, I'm still getting what I need to do, but maybe, maybe sometimes the way I, I approach it. It's just, it, it, it's not the right way for, for certain clients. And it's really important to meet people where they are, which I've, I've always believed, but I'm not sure I was always doing it. Right. So it's this idea of, you know, when you work for a senior leader and you're able to, to provide advice or perspective or this, you can do it in a certain way that just exists in the military. When you get out in the civilian world, you're learning a different language. You're, you're, you're paying, you're paying attention to uh, different cues and, and, you know, and, and nobody, nobody should feel bad for us, but there should be a reality that we do face certain perceptions that are not always positive um, that we have to overcome. I mean, I literally had a, um, a CEO of a pharmaceutical company, fairly large pharmaceutical company, come up to me after I'd given two speeches at his conference already, came up to me and he was drinking. And, you know, I was, I was, I just come out of the, the gym and I went to the, to the bar to get, to get a, a club soda. And he comes up to me, he's like, oh, you got this whole 
veteran thing going with the beard and the tattoos and the muscles and like he had me pegged he's like you don't care about this and making money and sometimes we gotta let guys go and he like went out in this tirade and i said wow you you don't know me at all and based on what i look like you just made a whole bunch of assumptions i think that's a real hurdle i don't i don't think we should be victims but i think we have to um I think we have to acknowledge that it exists. For sure. I want to go back to now your clients yeah. and, and kind of what, what you have, you've worked with some great, you know, organizations, fortune 500s and, and to the to Rangers were generally team oriented. You've, you've worked, I think almost with every professional sports leagues and you've worked with colleges, you work at local high school levels with what you do with lacrosse and developmental programs. Um, which once again, to folks like us, like, oh, to be a trainer, to be almost like a master trainer, that's, that's kind of good. But talk, talk to me about like your, the difference between your military education and kind of instruction, that, that part of the consulting where you're communicating, like, in, or the research that you would need to do, how the audience different, was it different for you? Is it different? Was your approach different? Uh, with teams, it's no different. When I work with sports teams, there's no difference with how I would work with Rangers and talk to them uh, or any any soldiers that I ever had. Um, with Fortune 500 companies, it can be because there does there there is a big difference, right? A team, it's very clear that the team on the field is trying to accomplish one goal. Sometimes the team in the in the boardroom, they have individual goals that they're all trying to achieve and they forget about the large team goal that they're trying to achieve. Um, and, and I think that they have to be, they have to be revectored without like feeling bad because we've, we've trained them to be like this, right? Like their whole education, the number one complaint I hear from CEOs is people don't collaborate. Right. But I say you do that in the military, too, and, and less mature organizations for sure. Right? Yeah. But you know what? It's not anybody's fault, because here's the deal. We spend from first grade till the end of, uh, you know, college telling people don't collaborate. Keep your eyes on your own work. Your grade is your grade. Don't share your answers. Do your own homework. Right. We we're taught not to collaborate. And what's, what's the most you have one group project a year. If you're really lucky you have two group projects and we know what happens. The super smart kid that wants the A is going to work their butt off to make sure they get an A and everybody else will let them. And we'll all get the A regardless of, of the work and that get personal feel bad. But, but life doesn't look like, doesn't look like school. Life looks like you have to collaborate. We have to collaborate in life, right? My neighbor's garbage cans, you know, blow over. Yeah, I'm picking up his garbage cans because it because that's my neighbor. And oh my gosh, if he doesn't have garbage cans, where's the garbage going to go? And like third and fourth order effects. And I think that that in the in the corporate world, we have to remind people that the collaborative nature of of goal of of reaching goals. You know, because we have a we have a society right now, and I'm sure you see it that is so focused on individuality, right? You, you know, that's so focused on individual branding and reputation and individual goal setting. And, and I, I don't have a problem with that, 
but that's so foreign to anybody who's in the military. It was so foreign to me. I, I don't want to, I don't want to have my own goals. I want to have goals with a group. I want to have, I want to have goals with my wife. I want to have goals with my kids. I want to, that's, that's like super important if you're, if you're a team person. And, um, and so sometimes that's a little bit different. Um, I think that the biggest thing, it wasn't so hard. What we learn in the military from good leaders and somewhat from some doctrine can make the world and make businesses and make teams a million times better, a million times better. But it's all the opposite things that the civilian world or people that have never been in the military think it is, right? They think it's discipline or, you know, being on time or what we bring is this uh, ability to solve complex problems in complex environments, right? The ability to solve the unknown because everything we were ever faced with, the known stuff was easy. Clear malfunctioning your weapon. Yeah, okay, whatever. That's easy. You know, engage this target. Well, it's easy to engage that target in the prone or in the foxhole. What about when I've just run, you know, a hundred meters with a, a Skedco, you know, and 185 pounds on it, you know, getting people to think about how they look at the world and adapt and work with each other to, to accomplish problems. We know how to do that. The trick is, and, and this, and, and you nailed it, right? The trick for me was how do I, how do I take that knowledge and put it in a thoughtful and kind way for people to accept without immediately dismissing it as draconian, without dismissing it as, um, you know, uh, too hierarchical in nature. You know, I've had, I've had people that, you know, I worked with McKinsey once. And they're like, well, in the military, you just get told what to do and you do it. <laughs> I, guess, I, I mean, I guess that happens. It never happened with me, but, you know, yeah, but that's not how it works. And so it, it is, it's about communicating kind of the one thing. And you talked about it the other day and it was, it was beautiful. And I wrote it down in my notebook after I heard you talk about it, communicating your value. Right. And, and you don't have to prove yourself as a human, you know, you were made exactly the way you are and you're beautiful that way. And I, that's what I love about humans, but you do when you transition, you do have to communicate your value to the people that you want to work for, because that is kind of what they need to know. We accepted that once you'd come into the regiment, you pass RASP, you, you know, you come in, we know what your value is. You, you come in with a, with an understanding of, we understand your value and you prove that value and you earn that value every single day. You don't have that same, that, that, that there's not that same understanding when you come in to an organization, in the civilian world, you need to articulate your value and then you need to earn it every day. So tell me, JC, and this will be the final question uh, before we wrap up, and I wanted to hit the consulting specifically because it hit the industry a little hard because we just find that there's, you know, several rangers who are very interested um, in this field, who know the value of, of leadership, um, what, it, what it can bring in terms of efficiency and equated to the business world, increased performance, increased profit, um, hopefully increased retention, all those type of things. Um, within an organization. So what are some of what you would say strengths and weaknesses that consultants generally tend to have? 
skills that you should tend to have or might want to work on based on kind of strengths strengths and weaknesses because yes it might be a, it might look like a desirable profession you've already mentioned several things that you know for a, a, someone with a family even if well suited still might not be the best fit yeah I think um, I think that you know one of the negative things is you got to be prepared to travel um, because you can't be a good advisor to organizations unless you're on the ground with them and you're getting to see the leaders and you're getting to see their people. So and you're not just gone for like a day; you tend to be gone for like a week to make sure that you're seeing what you need to see. Otherwise, you're giving advice based on you know book learning instead of actually seeing what's going on. Um, and you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta road march with them, right? You can't, you know, just send your guys out. So there is a lot of travel. Um, there's, there's a lot to understand, like the, the, and I think one of the other things, depending on who you are, you cannot, you can't rest on what you learn just in the military and in your experience. Um, if you do, you're going to be done pretty quickly. And I've watched a number of leadership consultants who started when I did, who are now not doing it anymore because they, people get tired of, you know, um, I won't say what, what there, there were a group of SEALs that used to do something for teams, right? They don't get used very much because they're like a one trick pony. And quite honestly, it, it doesn't adapt. Um, you have to, continue to do self-improvement you have to like i'm constantly reading the latest neuroscience and um kind of the latest uh, hr issues so i can kind of develop new intellectual property to help companies uh attack what they're facing right so you 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 start kind of with what you've done but then you have to build a body of work in this in this space and that's not easy to do. It takes time, right? And like I'd set a goal once a quarter, I'm going to um, to develop uh, original IP. And sometimes it's really, really hard. Like you got to like, what are the big problems, and how do I make something that's fresh and new and and makes people interested and actually solves their problem and isn't just a gimmick, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think those are, the, are two of the toughest things. the The beauty of it is, look, like you know, next week I'll go down to South Carolina and stay there for an extended period of time to watch my boys play lacrosse because I have control over my schedule and I can schedule like, and when I work with NFL teams, I know this is kind of a slow time, right? And lacrosse teams are in the midst of it. So I go visit them once a week and, you know, I try now to pick some teams that are not too far away. Um, and, um, I'll tell you, uh, COVID has definitely helped, uh, because now zoom presentations are kind of the thing. And though it makes a little bit less money, I don't have to travel as much. So there's, there's a lot of beauty in it. And, and you do get to, I think what I love the most, uh, and I, and, and just reading the comments from your, from your old soldiers on, on LinkedIn, I, I always I think you probably feel the same way. I want people to be better at the end of the day when I work with them. You know, even if it's just, even if I, if they disagreed with me a hundred percent, but it made their argument better disagreeing with me, then that's a success in my mind. And if I can help 
make an organization, an individual better just by being with them, like that, that feels, that feels awesome. Like, I, I love that. I, I love that. And the other thing is one of the best feelings as a commander, as a leader at any level was telling somebody that they did a good job and meaning it, right? Like seeing a good job and actually being able to say like, that was really good. And I gotta be honest with you, it, 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 it's not done a lot in the military. So commanders that do it are, are well, are well loved by their people. It's really not done in the civilian world either. And I get such a kick out of, you know, being a fly on a wall in a meeting and after the meeting going up to some, you know, young executive or, or some player and going, I loved what you said. That was really cool. I'm proud of you for like being brave enough to say that. That's great. How cool is that? Like we still get to do that as a, as consultants and we, we, we get to help people feel good and be good. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think that's why I'm always going to want to do something like this. Well, in, in terms of what you've done with self-improvement, you do, as we said, we talked before, you have two uh, published works with some, uh, I think you've said before, uh, pe people uh, more highly skilled than you as writers, uh, right? Um, with, with your partners, always giving uh, credit where credit's due with The Light in the Darkness and Meditations of an Army Ranger. And for those of you uh, who don't know, uh, Meditations of an Army Ranger is like, like our official uh, graduation gift of a morally transition course. Um, and something that we've been using for quite a while here at the Ranger Outreach Center um, as a motivational tool. And, and and thank you. So tell us what is you said you mentioned a couple of books. So it, without giving away anything you can't give away, what 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 what, uh, what angles are you going on? What what are your themes uh, for these next two works? So um, so I work out twice a week with this uh, with this strength and conditioning like strongman trainer. Um, and he is not, if you've seen the documentary West Side Barbell, he's absolutely the opposite. He's as big as these guys. Like he's huge and he's well, and he's well built and he's got this facility that's all former military, former Leo and former professional or collegiate athlete. But now he's bringing in like wives and, and older folks. And, but it's, 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 it's only training. It's only one-on-one -on -one training. And his philosophy, I've been working with him for a couple of years, and his philosophy is so unique. I said, I want to write a book on he's taken high intensity training and he has changed it. He has adapted it so that it is actually more impactful than um, than previous, you know, high intensity training. And it talks about, you know, what we've what we've gotten wrong with working out is it, it's not about time. It's about muscle overload. Mm -hmm. And if we look at muscle overload and the, and the body having to adapt, you can get a great workout in 15 minutes, but it's got to be planned. It's got to be thoughtful. And how do you build resiliency and how do you build mental toughness and how are you inclusive in your workouts, right? Like you and I probably have some things that we're not so good at because of some injuries, right? But like, we both probably still want to squat a lot. We both still want to bench a lot. So how do you, how do you get people to do that? So I, 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 he and I are, are working on a book that I'm hoping comes out in the fall uh, called the, the Gridiron Way, which is, which is taking the lessons that, that I got to learn in, in, you know, 20 years of military experience and combining it with this guy who's gotten, he's got 30 years of, you know, uh, 
coaching experience in this and, and, and making it more of a philosophy of weightlifting rather than a how-to of weightlifting, which is very, very different. Um, the other one is, uh, uh, I'm completely, wholly unqualified to do, um, it's, it's a solo work that argues that Maslow's hierarchy of needs was wrong and that um, we have an entanglement of human requirements and at the base of those requirements is connection. And I, and I explain that through brain science um, and, some, and some psychology, but I believe that it's, it's not about purpose, it's about connection. And through connection, we can accomplish any purpose, but we have to be connected. We have to have something that draw, like we're in, in the, physiologically, our brains are designed to connect with others. Like we have to be with other people. I don't care what kind of a loner you are. And, and when we look at, you know, people say, well, if you're driven by purpose, well, you can't tell me that every, you know, 1939 to 1945 German believed in that horrible purpose that they had, but they were connected. They were Germans. And that's what that, so they did a horrible purpose, but they were connected. So in my mind, let's go the other way. Instead of worrying about what everybody's purpose is, let's find your connections. And if you find good connections, which is one of the reasons that, you know, when you say, hey, come do Ranger for Life with me, I'm like, yes, good connection. Good connection is never going to lead me to a bad purpose. It's only going to be a beautiful purpose. So those good connections are, are what's, and, and, I, and I've, I've left organizations because I thought the connections were bad. And it was the right fit and that not the people were bad. The connection was bad and I want to have good connections and I'll, I'll get purpose from those good connections. Well, JC, once again, coming to you from the Ranger Outreach Center at St. Luke church here in Columbus, Georgia, very early in this book here. Um, there's an idea that there was an individual who was not connected. And so there was a decision uh, to, to make a, a mate for that person for connection. So uh, you, you had me at hello at that one. Yeah. And the, your, your purpose discussion is, is so thoughtful. Um, we struggle with this right now in transition because we're dealing with individuals. So there are people who need purpose and purposeful employment. Mm -hmm. Not everybody needs that. Depending on what their desire is, might, might they optimize what they do in the workforce if they have purpose? Maybe, probably, we would assume mm -hmm. what their purpose is at home and providing for their family. And it seems like, oh, they're at work. They're not all bought in. Well, they, they might have made a decision or grew up in an environment where those connections were priority. So then you have priority, but it is, you know, figuring that out when you look at people who are happy, whether because of their job or because of their home life, I generally think it's somehow connections. And then that toxic leader doesn't make them. Oh, I love it. Okay, I can't wait for this one. So when, 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 when's the, when, when's this one? Is this something, that, it sounds like you're like building another model and want to make sure that that thing is all, yeah, uh, locked in trademark. There's be some trademark in here, and some things there, that have to happen. There is, and I'm I'm hoping that I can get it done in the next year. That's that's my goal. I'm I'm very cautious on 
like I want it to be academically uh, thoughtful so it can like pass some academic mustard. But mm-hmm. when I when I show it to when I show the idea to academics, sometimes because it's such a it's such a different you know academic standards are so different than just you and I talking, right? Like they mm-hmm. want to be basically I have to show who else said this. And I, I don't care if anybody else said this. I'm just trying to say this is what I think. Say say God's word. See, yeah. how, see how that goes over in a uh, modern <laughs> modern institution. <laughs> so maybe you need to get it uh, validated through a seminary. It might go quicker. I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know quicker. It would. It probably, there you go. Um, I actually kind of like that idea. Um, it's 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 something that I really care about. It's something that I really care about, and something that you know it took me a long time to figure out how important it was. You know, I, I'm, I'm not a joiner, right? I'm not a joiner. I, I like, I like doing different. I like being different. I like kind of being a rebel, but no matter how rebellious you are, you need your people. You, you need, you need your people. And in the military, we got given our people, right? Our people, like you got sent to a unit. Those became your people. You get out in the civilian world. Even your neighbors don't, aren't necessarily your people. Right. You got to you got to make it's got to be an active kind of where are my people? Who are my people? How can I make people my people? What's great about the military is that integration, whether it's done right with the standard reception and integration counseling, is that understanding that when a new a human being, the value of an organization, the Army, particular Army and Marine Corps, particularly individual based, that there is an idea that they care so much about it. There's almost, you know, a training, a doctrine to reception some people do it better than others but the value in doing it i can do this all day jc i know you can't um thank you so much for your time brother with you Uh, i I do it all day with you no problem i love it man well we're gonna have you back so for those those who are listening jc is going to going to be about a routine every month two months based on schedule and availability once again if you are a ranger who is in transition um that window could any be anywhere from 24 months out to even if you've just transitioned in the last six months and we're looking for a little bit of a um, catch up on some things you might have missed, we're happy to have you in the more elite transition course. Why do we keep on talking about it? It's a free course. This is taking the lessons learned from a lot of people um, in the Ranger for Life program and Ranger for Life LLC. And we just know we create better communities and we stay connected. Um, through through training and engagement, LifeX networking, another opportunity for engagement. And then once again, if you're back here in Columbus, Georgia, um, down here for the Mogadishu Mile, which will take place on Saturday, October 1st, and stop by Friday, September 30th for a great event at the St. Luke Church Ministry Center. And details will be forthcoming on tickets and sponsorship opportunities. Once again, JC, thank you as always. And like we sign off here at Ranger for Life, now that you've listened to the podcast, please try to take an opportunity today to do something great for someone else. Rangers lead the way. We hope you enjoyed a Morley podcast with Tony May, and we appreciate your viewership. If you'd like to hear more from Tony or one of his guests, you can view or listen to past episodes at tonymain.podbean.com. Until next time, Be a community builder for America.